Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, They made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of our Savior. About five hours ago, there was a group of us here who were gathered and rehearsed and ready for a pageant that almost didn't happen. Those of you who have been members of the congregation and have been coming the past few Sundays, you've heard my sort of blow-by-blow about the Christmas pageant and its travails. Uh, Participation at the beginning of Advent seemed to have cratered, not some of the way, but all of the way. We had no one signed up from any of our families with young children. And so with a bit of prodding and a bit of arm twisting, we got a few youth on board, some adult members of the congregation. And we rehearsed and practiced last Sunday, and we gathered here at 2.15 this afternoon and rehearsed and practiced 
and the pews were empty, and it was getting awfully close to 3 o'clock, and we wondered if anybody might take us up on our offer. We plastered it around the community a little bit. About 3.05, in walked a family that hadn't been in a few weeks, and yes, one of them wanted to be an angel, and another wanted to be a shepherd. About 3.15, another family walked in, and then another, and then another, and we had about half a dozen young angels and shepherds joining the pageant, which was great. Well, you know, this might work after all. By about 3.45, there were about 20 people sitting here where you are sitting now. By two minutes to four, there were 110 people in the room. (laughs) Okay. What did we do right? Because for those of you who know me at all, and for those of you who were sort of in the house the past few weeks, I told you in as many words, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's actually a good thing. And if you look closely at the narrative of our gospel this evening, that is precisely what is happening in the gospel. Mary and Joseph have no idea what they're doing. Do they? I mean, really. Going to a different province of the empire, where probably the language they were familiar with was spoken with a slightly different accent, or maybe even it was an entirely different dialect. Certainly, the Jews of the southern kingdom practiced differently than the Jews of the northern kingdom in their time, and they were strangers, which may explain to us why there was no room for them at the inn. Now, if you have been listening to the larger narrative the past few weeks, you know that crazy things have been going on. Not only is Mary pregnant, and Joseph knows he's not the father, but there have been angels and dreams and all kinds of strange things, and probably, as I'm fond of saying, the gossips in Nazareth are going into overtime. It's worse than Facebook. It's even worse than next door, and that's saying something, isn't it? (laughs) Joseph and Mary don't know what they're doing. All they know is that they have been called by the greater powers to be registered, which means they have to go to Joseph's native ancestral town of Bethlehem. And if it sounds cool that he's descended from King David so were probably a thousand other people in Galilee. David had been dead for nearly a thousand years, after all, and plenty of descendants to go around. And just to drive the point home, Luke talks about angels appearing to shepherds who were not literate people. They were not schooled. They were not educated. They were at the margins of their society. And as I'm fond of saying, they probably stank more than anyone we could stand. And if they were to show up in church today, we might be shifting 
around a little bit to give them just a little bit more room in their pew. They don't know what they're doing either. Some of you will remember that gorgeous Frederick Beekner reading that Scott Hayes does every year here. We read at Lessons and Carols about the shepherd who doesn't know what he's doing. He grabs a piece of bread out of the mucky earth and stuffs it in his mouth. And all he can describe on that vivid night is light and wings and the brightness of the moon and shepherds running like fools across the fields because something had happened. They didn't even have language to put to it, it seems, at the time. And they're so excited, they show up in a stable of all places. Not in the great halls of power, not at the city center, if you like, of Bethlehem, but in that stable affiliated with the local inn because they have felt drawn there by something and there's a baby in a manger, in a feeding trough of all places. Now what good mother would put her baby there? you saw a mother do that today, you would say she doesn't know what she's doing, and you would be right. It's about right. I've been reflecting a lot over the past few months about how threadbare the church really is. And I don't mean just this parish, I mean the church as a whole. We've been a threadbare, strange organization for 2,000 years. Don't let looks deceive you. It's actually perhaps one of the greatest ironies of faith that I get to wear these fancy, thready clothes and parade around a little bit. But as you all know, if you've read world history at all, you know looks can be deceiving. And it's a threadbare operation. Anybody who's been in governance in this parish knows that we start with this much in the budget every year, and we raise the money we need for the following year. And I don't know, I've been at it for 17 years, and I still don't know each year if we're going to make it or not. Even though the record shows because of the generosity of you all and many, we make it, and that's because of what our stories are about today. That is about remaining faithful. Do you know we almost pulled the plug on the pageant? It was suggested. And with good reason. Well, you know, the pandemic. People are tired. People are out of town. Why don't we just let it lie fallow for a year and relax and enjoy each other's company? No, we decided instead we're going to step out and try it in a new way and Here's the kicker. Leave it in God's hands. You don't see many people walking around Southern Marin talking about doing that now, do you? Leave it in God's hands. (laughs) No, no, really. Tell me what you're doing. Please, tell me what you're doing. 
tell me what your plan is. Tell me what plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D is. And the thing is, tonight's story is about a couple who had no plan B, C, or D, let alone any plan A. They just stepped out there. You could say Christmas is all about a much longer story about a God who has been trying to get God's people on board in the house, in the room, to become part of a divine plan. You can take that idea and you can read all of the Hebrew scriptures dating back 5,000 years and all of the Christian scriptures the same way. This is about a God who is trying to do anything and everything to get our attention, to get into our homes and our heads and our hearts. Not to take over, but because... God knows we need the divine life in us if we are going to have any chance of having a life that is more than just about mere survival. So many of the stories and tales of the adult Jesus are precisely about that. This God who wants to get in, but the greatest fortress on the planet is not what it once was. It's not Fort Knox. It's not the deepest recesses of the White House. It's not our best kept bank and balance book. The greatest fortress in the world, the hardest one to break into, is right here. Is right here. The human heart. We are so well protected and shielded and planned to the point we're not ready to let God in. That is the normal human condition. In case you think I'm pointing the finger, (laughs) there are four other pointing right here, yeah, at me. We all do this by nature. We have our plans, we have our dreams, we have our ideas about the way things should be, and God is in the business of trying to break through that because God made us and loves us and does not want us to struggle alone. So here's why the pageant worked this year. We threw all caution to the winds. We agreed to try something new. Everyone looked at me, and I said, I don't have a plan. Do you? But I said, here's what I'm willing to do. If you're willing to show up, I'm willing to show up. And we'll take it from there. You know what? That's what being faithful is all about. Nothing more than that. It's true. We have all the plans in the notebook and all the pictures and everything we need. And Lots of organization has happened over the years to make it work like clockwork. But when it doesn't look 
like it's going to work like clockwork. We're being asked to do something different, and that's simply to show up. That's what Mary and Joseph do. They could have stayed home. They could have ran to the hills. For those of you who know the story, Joseph was ready to throw in the towel on everything, including the relationship, because his honor was on the line. Mary had agreed to something that she knew would probably make her mother turn over many times in her own bed and stay awake at night. What is she doing? But they agree to the call of angels to show up. That's all that is asked of us, strange as that may sound. So here you are, having shown up. That's all that's asked. Being wooed by a babe in a manger. The latest iteration of God's attempt to break into this great fortress of our hearts. To try to charm us, to welcome in the divine life. This is the baby who will grow up and who will be knocking at the doors of our hearts for the rest of our lives. This is the baby who will take on even death for us in the hope that we will turn to life itself and the source of all life. This is the baby who will give us strange stories. We call them parables. Will give us teachings. We'll bring along apostles who, like us, have no idea what they're doing and have no idea what Jesus is talking about. But you know what? That's okay. Because the only thing that's required for them to be apostles is to show up. That's what matters. Tonight's story is about the shepherds who show up and the animals. God's people at the margins of society, even though they don't matter to anyone else, they matter to God. And when they realize that, they show up. So here's my challenge for you this year. Amongst all your New Year's resolutions, put at the top of the list, showing up. Show up for one another. Show up for the people who need you. Show up for the community where you can help out. Show up for the stranger. And in the traditional language, the orphan and the widow. Show up for people who don't expect you to show up. And in doing so, do what Jesus asks us to do. And that's change the world. Not because we have a plan, we don't. In fact, if the world looks at our plan as a church, they'd probably say we have a pretty lousy plan. Here's the Christmas miracle. After 2,000 years, we're still here. Go figure. 
I can't figure it out. And I've been at this professionally for 22 years. We're here to change the world, but not on our plan, on God's plan, God's dream, God's hope, and above all else, God's love. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.